They're mm. bringing the energy. They're fighting. There's a battle of philosophies as well as a battle of wills, as well as a battle of physical weapons. Yeah, it's like battle, yeah. all these battles happening all at once, you know, and that's what makes it interesting. And for that being said, I really, I really liked it. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kaysen. This is our Final Fantasy 16 analysis. It is our final fantasy 16 analysis <laughs> no it's not the last one we'll probably have one it's, more episode after this uh, one more i think after yeah. this today we're going to get through odin and the next time we're going to get through the end of the game but there may or may not be one more after that depending on how much we can sort of reply to a lot of yeah. comments i want to get to speaking about comments i would like to really quickly respond to particularly just one chain real quick okay um, and this is a couple episodes ago by the time this goes up. So okay. this will be quite delayed as a response. <laughs> but yeah. um, It was in response to us talking about Annabella and whether or not she's being influenced by Ultima. And um, they're saying it, well, she was not influenced. Yeah. By so basically what people are saying here is they don't think she was, that it was more Olivier, right? That she is just um, 100% completely an irredeemable person. Yes, and not even okay. necessarily irredeemable. I think our point is more just really, really dumb, if this yeah. is the case. But um, yeah. so, uh, yeah. you know, we have Rithisak101 saying, I think Annabella was not influenced by Ultima at all. It's Olivier that was controlled by Ultima. Ultima, right. or Olivier was weak-willed as a child because he's been taken care of and puppeteered. So because of his weak will, he was able to be influenced. Okay, right. Now, Annabella's not weak-willed, right? So, No. Annabella, uh, anyway, the first scene we've seen of Olivier, he was holding a doll. Okay, so he goes through all that. That was his opinion. And then we get to the next guy, Antonio Cunningham. Correct, I was going to make the same argument because they keep dismissing the things Annabella was doing. However, all of her actions were in character to how she would act. I mean, people w uh, who are nobles treat those who they believe lesser like trash. And then this guy, last one, I'll quickly go through this. Exactly, I can't believe they missed this. Annabella is absolutely obsessed with nobility and bloodline. She betrayed her own husband and son over them. She also sold Clive into slavery and all this stuff. So I just want to clarify here. <laughs> I don't think we ever made the point that what she did was out of character. I don't it's believe I said that character. at all. <laughs> it's um, kind of ridiculous. Uh, I think the only thing I can think of in which might have come close to that point where people might have been confused was that you were saying... Somebody who has the savvy to move up the ranks the way she does, it yeah. doesn't seem likely, would be dumb enough to treat Bahamut this way. Yes. Um, and Absolutely. that might be out of character for a savvy person. Yeah. Um, Which she is. So if her character is a savvy person, yes, she does unsavvy things sometimes. Um, you know, did she make a mistake or... Yeah. Well, she clearly made a so mistake. So the point is not to say her speaking to whether it's Clive when he comes rushing in or and it's, this is my chance at uh, salvation in this moment. I yeah, should yeah. not treat him terribly or the way it's not out of character that she talks down to people. That's not at all the point that was no. made there. It's that she's, she's an opportunist yes. and she should. Sort if of, she's yeah. a smart person, she shouldn't have done what she did. Right. It was incredibly dumb 
to talk down to Dion in that fashion. Yes. Now people brought up, well, she believed that Dion is this kind of person who wouldn't retaliate. Then she's dumb. That that's the mm. whole point. She's dumb. She's a complete. That fetching she thinks idiot. Dion will just sit by while she completely usurps the throne, totally takes everything away from not only him but his father. Yes. And uh, starts running the kingdom on her own according to her own whims, and that he was just going to sit back and watch her. Yes. Do so my yeah. my uh, I guess sort of theorizing that perhaps it was Ultima's influence was not me saying I think that this is definitely what it was because yeah. again we haven't played the whole game well but it was but, it was Uncle Byron saying that like this yeah yeah isn't, he said that That's this true. isn't like her yeah something has changed right something different the point of it was to say this is so dumb this is so stupid hmm. that I have to think of some other way to make it make sense to justify it for the developers <laughs> <laughs> because this is just this is just I mean, about the dumbest thing you could do is gloat over one of the most powerful beings in the world and yeah. say, you can do nothing to, uh, I, I've, I've duped you. Ha <laughs> ha, you freaking loser. Like to, to She does speak. not have the upper hand for that. No. And it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obvious to anybody that like, so the point was not that she's acting out of character as somebody who speaks down to people beneath her. We have not missed this point. Right. So <laughs> that's not yeah, the yeah. point what we're saying. The point we're saying she's really dumb if she thought she could get away with talking to him this way. But her character seemed really smart. Yes. So we're trying it, to reconcile It seemed that. Uh, contradictory that an yeah. opportunist like yeah. her would act Would not see the opportunity. <laughs> right. Either with yeah. the way she talked to Dion, but especially even with the way she talked to Clive when he showed up. Yeah. I'm going to pretend I don't look down on you because this is the only way I'm not going to die and my yes. son's not going to die right now is to appeal to my son and pretend that I don't hate him. Yeah. That's what an opportunist would do. Uh, if she is at such a foregone level to which she cannot even bear to come down in an opportunist way to have her son save her in a moment. To, to survive. Then yeah. she's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point. And, so. and if that's it, if that's, you know, then, then so be it. Then so be it. She's just dumb. I can accept that. I don't like it, but I can accept <laughs> it. <laughs> she wasn't presented as dumb earlier, but it's fine. Okay. So I just wanted to respond to that real quick. I think we'll do a lot more um, comments because, again, we have somebody who's kind of curating those for us. Yeah. And so we have a bunch of comments in a document here. We'll get to more of them, like, right at the end of maybe next episode, the final episode of the show, or of this particular game's uh, analysis. Okay. So yeah. we left off uh, after the Odin fight. He'd cut the ocean, yeah. and, and then we had Jill and Clive with their intimate moment uh, on sort of that little... The island. Uh, Is it an island? It's sort of like the a... beach. It's like a beach, or like a yeah. rocky beach area on ash. They showed up on ash. And gotcha. The, the, the ship came back for them, and they went back to the hideaway. Yeah, so and this is where they now. discover Dion is gone. He is left, um, and we do see a little scene with Dion here. Um, he's kind of walking around. He's going back to uh, the Crystalline Dominion, right? He's just kind of walking through the streets. It was it the yeah. Dominion, or it was there, right? Uh, yeah, in in, in Twinside, which is in, the, Twinside. in, the, in the the Crystalline Dominion. And yeah. He's just looking at all the damage that he caused, or that was caused because of him. All the people who are suffering, all the buildings that are destroyed, all the. Uh, there's a bunch of funeral 
stuff. There's some people with like lights, sending lights out onto the water, and mm-hmm. he has to look because right, he ones. knows that he was the one. He was it. the one who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't really bear it. Plus, he was in no shape to get out of that bed in the first place, and so he just kind of faints. He passes out. Um, and the medicine girl, did she like pick him up? Did she like? She, I don't know him? how she, she got him, him into the room, <laughs> but <laughs> she maybe she gave him some potions and sure he got sure. better. <laughs> but he seemed to not know where he was. Anyways, so he takes her into a room. She takes him into a room somehow um, and then kind of nurses him and heals him and he starts doing a lot better. She puts his sword up on the wall um, <clears throat> and this is where, like once again, as soon as he wakes up, he's like, oh, I gotta leave, gotta leave. He mm. just can't. He doesn't want anyone to take care of him. He kind of feels like he needs to die. Um, that, that's. I think he implies this heavily in his on. last moment with Terrence. Yeah, he's like, I'm he's already like, dead. I have to atone. And the way yeah. Terrence responds to that is, it seems clear to Terrence he means I have to go die mm. in this uh, attempt at yeah. killing Ultima. And then I can earn, you know, the redemption I'm looking for. And right. It, it, I, f- I feel like that's what he's... And even in one of the side quests, because uh, I don't know if you've done this, I did. Har- Harpocrates and the Dion side quest. Have you done that one? Um, I actually don't know that I did that one. Okay. So in that side quest, uh-huh. it's revealed that Harpocrates was like the teacher in the empire, like the private like tutor. like He was oh, responsible cool. for and the education why. of Dion. Oh, cool. And so yeah, I didn't he and Dion have a really good moment where Dion starts to say, okay, maybe I don't necessarily have to die to atone. Okay. Harpocrates really asks him, like, make sure you come back to earn this gift I want to give you. Okay. So, anyway, I, th- I feel like, based on all of that context, that Dion was planning on yeah. a self kind of sacrifice. Something about yeah. the way he's acting, it, it, it seems like he already he's already dead inside. Like, yes. his soul has already died, and yeah. he's just kind of wandering around trying to find a new reason to live or die. Um, and so... That's more or less why he came back here. Yeah. Um, but this girl kind of helps him out, and he leaves, and she's not, like, super excited that he's leaving. She wants to kind of help him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's kind to her, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and I can't remember. There was a line or something that, like that that she kind of says as, as he goes. But I remember the camera looks at her, and she's sad. And it's so funny because I, I kind of thought they were going to do something bigger with this character. I did, too. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> But it seems like her whole point was leading up to this right yeah, here. Yes, so this, so this was the payoff to Dion. us sh- being shown her like three or four times earlier. And now I yeah. think it would have worked out better had Dion not gone back to the hideout. Had she found Dion amongst the wreckage yeah, in the Dominion and then nursed him. Instead of him, that. you know, we bring him back there and then he just escapes and goes back anyways. And, yeah. then, he, and then he passes out there. Just leave him there, right? Yeah. And then she could have taken him in. Um, but either way, her whole point was that she's a little girl who can heal people and um, Dion needs somebody who isn't judgmental, who won't hate him for what he did um, to be able to heal him. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's a pretty good scene. And I, I liked I liked this line from Dion. The fiend works from the shadows and he sort of trails off. Was it you who guided my hand then, Ultima? No, not you. This is my doing, my fault, my sin to bear. And for it, I must atone. This okay. leads back into kind of this sort of common theme we've been kind of touching on here with 
the acceptance of that part of yourself that yeah. you don't want to believe the shadow, right? And because even though you, it could easily be said that Ultima orchestrated this whole thing. Yeah, you um, can say that. Y- you have to take responsibility for the things that you do and your own actions, whether they were guided or mm-hmm. um, influenced by some outside actor. Um, if you're going to believe that you are a free will agent that can choose of your own ability, you then have to accept the responsibility that comes with those choices. And so Dion is basically embodying the idea of, I choose my own destiny and whatever I did, as much as it was, I feel like it was out of my control. I, that was my fault. Like I'm responsible for it because I could have made choices that could have prevented that from happening. Um, So it's like he allowed his shadow to kind of take him over there. Um, It would be so easy to just be like, "Eh, it's not my fault. fault. I shouldn't, you know, that wasn't really me. And that's what Jill had been doing for so long. Like Mm. she disassociated, Um, but that's unhealthy. Um, I don't. And a lot of people have, or or a lot of people in in real life in the world are victims of horrible circumstances. Um, But to one degree or another, you still have, free you still yes. have the ability to choose yes and and accepting responsibility for your own life is a big a big even the the worst things that have happened is a big um step i think towards kind of reclaiming your own agency your own uh, ability to choose and your own life back mm. instead of letting other beings or other people kind of control your life yeah. because of how it's gone up to this point uh, you can take it back by just um you know trying to take responsibility for for everything yeah i've spent a lot of time thinking about this throughout my life not only because of my own personal you know circumstances through which i've had to come through and take responsibility for but i've known a lot of people in my life who have suffered the kinds of trauma in which it would be easy and almost probably correct can't blame them (laughs) for wanting to blame their circumstances blame uh, out point outside somebody else yeah and my observation is that it can be true that you were a complete victim of yeah. a circumstance or of another person who overpowered you and you didn't have a choice this happened and yeah. you couldn't do anything it was totally out of your control the result but it is always true however despite that that the only person who is responsible for how your life will go, how you will respond, how you will, uh, for how you move past this is still yours. Nobody is going to walk in and take responsibility. This person who hurt you, especially many times will not walk in and fix it because it can't be fixed. You can't undo the, 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 the abuse or the trauma or the whatever that's happened. Yeah. This and, and a lot of people they wait for that. I want an apology, and, and it, they get hung up on that. And and it's like that's not nobody is going to be able to fix the the pick up the pieces that are the result of this circumstance or or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You only you can do what needs to be done to pick those pieces up, f- fix your life, get to where you want to be. Yeah. And you choose how to respond to what has happened to you. And it's a lot easier said than done. I know that hmm. uh, from experience and from watching other people. Of course, but those yeah. who take responsibility and who, who make it their responsibility to fix this yeah. are the ones who heal. Right. The ones who continue 
to get caught up on this was done to me, I'm a victim, and, and, and focus on that and, and don't take the responsibility to fix it, they get stuck. Yeah. They don't move forward. Because it's like there's only one option. Yeah. Either either you face the facts, right? Or or you don't. Yes. And no one can do it for you, right? Yes. Like people can take you into a really bad place, but the only person that can really lead you towards a bright future is yourself. Yes. yes. I like that you kind of make that distinction there as the, your past self versus your future self. Yes. That it's more about who you will become. You don't have to let what has happened to you be the defining factor of your future, right? You can choose to um, become something other than what usually becomes to people who that kind of thing happens to. Yes. And for instance, a lot of people who are um, victims of abuse will go on to abuse others in the future. It happens all the time. All the time. No, it's never an excuse though. No. Right? You can never like go back and say, yeah, but I only did that because someone did that to me when I was younger. And it's like, you, just because it happened to you, there are plenty of people who have had that happen to who did not go on to abuse abuse others. It's not an excuse. No. Right? And 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 the fact that you would find yourself at that point. Usually the people who go on to abuse are the people who didn't take the responsibility we're talking yes, about exactly. to pick up the pieces and fix. They felt like it they wasn't their fault and then remained they remained yeah. in that pain yeah. and that pain turned them it into It drives a them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you end up, you, pain ends up becoming like the thing. It's almost like the the spirit that animates you and you end yeah. up becoming the pain for other people as well. And yes. you say, well, it happened to me, you know, you can deal with it. I dealt with it. But it, uh, the fact is you, you never really dealt with it properly. Yeah. And I like to take yeah. it a step further. This is just me personally, um, my own personal philosophy. I apply only for myself. Hmm. But I, I also like to look at even the circumstances and say, yeah. you know, I, as much as I couldn't have expected it, as much as whatever, as much as, yes, like this person is to blame, even when those circum- even when it's true to say that, yeah. even when it's true to say it was totally out of my control, right. I still like to say, well, I, and this is kind of what he's doing. Yeah, sure. Ultima was pulling the strings, but you know, behind the scenes, he was Mm. influencing this. He's been at this a long time. And, but I put myself in the position. I threw the spear. I, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I allowed myself to to fall into the trap. Yeah. By responding in the way that I did, I still made those choices that led to that moment. Yeah. I still was there present, and that was a result of actions I took and choices I made. Yeah. And there, you could also say that you weren't focused on your peripheral enough. You were just focused on um, yes. on Olivier that you didn't realize your father was coming forwards because you're so narrow-minded. You didn't, you didn't account for the greater scene. You were so yeah. fixed on, I'm going to do this one thing. And it's like, well, um, you always have to be aware of your surroundings. Anyways, there's things like that. Also, the idea that Ultima may be the, the one pulling the strings, but why do you have strings to pull? Yes. <laughs> like, th- at some point, it's like you... You, you, there, there are, you know, there are ways that you can take responsibility for what happened, even mm. in those situations. I'm, there's this um, saying from um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, right, who wrote the Gulag Archipelago, and he was faced with the question of the Soviet Union: how, how did this happen? Like with Theoden mm. at Rohan, <laughs> how did it come to this? Right? Yeah, right. How come uh, it's turned into this like mess of a police state with these gulags full of millions of people? Um, and his ultimate answer was it's my fault. 
Mm. I, it's my fault because I didn't do the little that I could have done. And now multiply that by 100 million people and there you go, you've got the Soviet Union. Um, and so if everybody, if everybody withholds their strings from Ultima, then Ultima has no strings has to pull. Has no power. Uh, but if everybody's just like, well, you know, I got these strings and I need these strings for this things because I have all these attachments to these other places, um, then those are just strings waiting to be pulled by some manipulator who is going to show up sooner or later. Yeah. Now, I want to add as an end to this before we move on to the next scene, uh, don't don't jump ahead of me here and say like, well, like little children who are abused or whatever. I know. I actually work in this field. So yeah. I'm aware of situations in which it's basically, there's almost nothing that could have been done in right. a victim's circumstance. I, it's a mentality. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And there are, and, and this is kind of an example of it, areas where you can go too far and mm -hmm. say, this is my fault, I have to atone by dying oh, or some self-sacrifice, or, or you take so much uh, on that it's going too far, and it's, it's a bit like self-flagellation uh, self or something, right? You're yeah. like punishing yourself. I deserve something this. I deserve that, to be punished. Right. That's There's true. also a that's, way to go way too far in this. So I want to make that it, that That would even still be letting your past rule you. Yes. Rule your future. Right. So but yeah, it can go both ways. But the 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 I think the important thing to take out of this is facing the shadow is taking responsibility for what comes next. Mm. I'm a victim, yes. But I'm not going to allow myself to think that to such a degree to which I uh, the, the things that I can do now that are only my responsibility yeah. and that are only within my control to do now. I also give that control, that power away. It's a very empowering thing. Yeah, yeah. It's where I you take something the power back. Yeah. Was out of my control. Yep. This happened to me. This abuse or this trauma or this, you know, disappointing result right. happened, and I couldn't have foreseen or controlled that. However, I'm not powerless. Yes, yes. It, that's, as a result of it, that's probably the best thing. Yes, the best takeaway from this for yes. anybody. And, and Dion does, he, he, he slowly kind of comes to terms with that, right? That yeah. even though, like, he, he, he was told, oh, I would never betray the Empire. I would never do it. I would never do it. And then without even realizing it, he murders his father. And yeah. it's just like, that. it's just wild. That would break almost anybody. Sure. But those who can overcome even something like that, mm. um, those are the people who can really um, do some good. Yes. And, and who can really help the world. Right. So... Love it. That's kind of my takeaway from that. He's he's like almost there, but he's doing the most important part, which is Ultima is not to blame. Yeah, I yeah. am to blame. I'm to blame. And I am the one who has to do something about it. Yeah. But his idea of what it means to atone is a little bit going too far. It sure. And he's going to yeah. have to take a step back from that and not hate himself and so much. And hopefully he's got some yeah. good friends around him who That'll, can help him see his, right. his value. Right. Um, but that's true. And, and this also goes straight to the game's theme of like fate versus free will. That's yeah. basically what this is, right? Yeah. And to accept that it was completely out of your hands and there's nothing you could do about it is to accept uh, Ultima's premise, which is that you're fated to be a certain way and there's, that you can't change it. Right. right? Uh, however, this game is pushing really hard, especially through Cl Clive um, and Joshua and Jill, this idea of free will, which yeah. is like... You, you, you're f there may be something like fate that happens around you, but you have the ultimate say. You decide what happens here, right? Yeah. Um, and 
you know, being the theme of the game here, I think this situation works really well uh, towards that theme, right? Mm-hmm. There, towards that end, because you're right, you can take a little bit too much advantage, uh, um, too much responsibility, too much responsibility, yeah. something like that, um, and just deny fate altogether. But it's like, no, things happen. There is something like yeah. fate that happens in the world. It's just not the end all be all. Yeah, like you still have the say um, ultimately in what happens. So. Yeah, and what you do next, how you respond to it. Right? Yes, love it. Okay, so my next um, note is this history slash geography lady sucks. <laughs> I I really do. You don't not like, like Vivian, her. huh? Oh my gosh, she is horrific. And this one, it's like, hey, um, so we're trying to save the world here, um, but we need a little help on how to like land on the continent of Ash and like you know save the world and maybe a little help and she's like i cannot believe you're asking me this first off i'm only gonna say this once so you better Better listen listen and no questions and if you interrupt me i'm done and it's like hey you don't want to save the world do you (laughs) you are kind of unhelpful and i really don't like you (laughs) she is a very difficult character for me yeah i'm not her biggest fan either i think my my annoyance with this character is more along with what have I already said about her. Yeah. She speaks with these platitudes in this like high manner and yeah, she says yeah. very obvious things all the time. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that I didn't need to talk to you uh, to figure out. It's pretty funny. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like why are you here? Like, duh. Like, we all knew that already. Yeah, yeah. Right? Kind of stuff. A lot of it could um, just be in the ATL when she's going over all yeah. oh, the past battles and of this or not. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what to do, like, I don't know. We could get that without without this. Yeah. So I wrote that they need a plan uh, in going back to Ash. Because he, he goes and talks to Joshua because, uh, um, well, Joshua had, was injured in his fight against Odin, right? And he talked. Joshua goes over about how powerless he felt against him and... And how powerless they yeah. all are against him. I think he says something like, yeah. only one man proved his dominance that day. Yes. And then he's like, oh, whoops, sorry, was, Clive. I didn't mean to like... It was Odin. <laughs> but Odin. And he's like, no, you're right. You know? <laughs> um, but basically, like, how... Again, this kind of goes back to what we talked about last time. I, I wish they did more of a... The three of us need to use our unique skills to overcome this yeah, totally, together. totally unbeatable guy yeah right yeah. no one of us you clive fighting him alone not gonna happen me the phoenix trying to fight him was a disaster yeah and like obviously just she, so the three of us we've got to come up with a plan where the three of our powers can overcome the fact that his sword can cut anything mm-hmm. i wish they'd done a little more of that because it ends up that clive's and and i could see maybe where the idea behind this and how it works into the theme of the game is his will, Clive's will overcame Odin, who's weak-willed. And so yes. I, I, I lost twice, but I got back up and tried again, and my will go. was strong enough. In yeah. the end. I don't love that, hmm. but I can kind of get it as a thematic premise, but I would have loved so much more had they pulled together and, and thought of some cool gimmick to use for the fight, kind of like I talked about last time. One hit kills you from Odin. And yeah. Phoenix has to revive you, so you got to protect him, make sure he doesn't take right, it. Right. And Shiva's got to be involved in the three of them work together. Um, anyway, my point is, uh, they have this discussion about how Barnabas is just like way, they're way over their heads with trying to fight this guy, right? Um, so they have to come up with a plan. They're going back to Ash, and they go to speak to Vivian about details about Walut. What can you tell us about this place? Yeah. Um, the interesting parts she does bring up 
are that Barnabas has been king of Walud for 43 years. Yes, for a very long time. And he hasn't aged yeah. a day. You haven't aged, aged a, day. a day. In all that time. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he conquered Ash 43 freaking years ago. Yeah. And he still looks like he's a dude in his 30s or something. Yep. Um, Barnabas has made allies with Beastmen and the Ether Addled alike. So it's orcs over there, right? Orcs yeah. in Ash and also the Akashic. Yeah, that's right. And then I wrote, she condescends to us for five minutes to tell us to mm -hmm. go straight back to the point where we just were at before. Yeah. So just go back to that same beach where you landed before. And she like condescends the whole time to just <laughs> tell us that. It's like, dude, everything you say is pointless. What the fuck? Why are you here? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, This is man. crazy. <clears throat> like the maps are cool. A, a, a teacher is cool. Why does she have to be such Why a jerk? Why should be such a jerk? And also say stuff, stuff we, we already, already know. know. Yeah, but like at but least why? you could be Why are you cool here? What is the point? Anyway. So Joshua goes to talk to Harpocrates yeah. to try to learn more about Ultima. They theorize together that while the circle of Malleus, that religion that worshipped Ultima, has completely fallen out of favor in, well, specifically in Storm, but like even in Walud to a certain degree for a time it had, that there could still be like repurposed shrines or temples or monuments there yeah. that we don't have here, right. where he might, Joshua might be able to glean more about the religion and more about Ultima. So Joshua is going to come along with Clive in the next, you know, mission to try to find places like that. Yeah. And specifically, he's looking for a completed version of that mural. Yes. That he, we've seen several times now. Yeah. Right. So, um, I took down a couple of lines of dialogue here. Those, though this is the case, it would not have been possible without the musings of Moss. I think this is Harpocrates. Moss the Chronicler. Yeah. yeah. To think that you, Joshua, carried a copy of my old mentor's chronicles all along, I'm relieved to discover it in good hands. I had no idea that Joshua was carrying a Moss the Chronicler <laughs> journal around. Yeah. I mean, did he get that from, uh, like, the, what do you call it? Rosaria? Or? In Rosaria, like, down in the family crypt, like... Oh, with Cyril? Or with Cyril keeping it? Because, like, and this Maybe. is a whole other side quest. I don't know if you've done either. There's a whole, like, group, like, secret group out yes. there yeah, that, yeah. like, steals important books like this and destroys them so that the society stays the way it is rather yeah, than yeah. realizing the real history of how... And I really liked, because we had had a problem from the beginning. How did these powerful bearers and freaking dominance become despised and used and yeah. slaves like they are that, that doesn't really make sense they have a pretty good explanation for it that comes in a side quest Man. that that last book that they come and try to take from you uh i don't know if you've done that one or not but it's it's yeah. they they have a a, a a decent explanation of the fact that there really was a war between the bearers and the non-bearers mm, and right. it was you know it was set up the way that it was for a reason that makes some some sense mm. anyway Joshua was carrying this freaking Moss the Chronicler book the whole time. So I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Um, so then Clive gathers everyone into the hall to tell them what their new plan is. So they're going to sail back to the same spot where he and Jill had had their intimate moment together. And they're going to walk like on foot to Walud from there. Yep. Across the blighted land, basically. Um, so Clive and Joshua are going to go with Gav. Gav's going to scout for them while they're doing this. And Jill is going to remain behind on the ship to protect it from any pirates or royal ships they might come across so that mm. they'll have a ship 
that will take them back when yeah, they're done yeah. Yeah. destroying the Mother Crystal and killing Odin and everything. So uh, she agrees to that. Jill agrees to that. Um, and th this, I don't think, still has really been answered sufficiently. And it's a whole argument that Clive and Joshua are about to have in a moment. I think I understand it, but let, let's just see if it's, if this is the case yeah. with people here who might know more or whatever. Uh, when she agrees to that, she agrees to protect the ship. Um, Joshua begins to sort of like, he, he doesn't like that she's doing that. Mm. He goes, but, and then he's like stops himself and says, very well. He sort of like gives, okay, fine. Yeah. But he doesn't like that she's agreed to protect the enterprise. Um, cause he knows that the possibility might arise in which she has to prime into Shiva to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll leave a marker in that for a second. Um, so then you get to, well, I guess we're not leaving market. We'll get right into it. They get to a to Ash and, yep. and he asks Clive as Gav goes ahead to scout for a second. There's something I've been meaning to ask you. You took her icon, didn't you? And and Clive says, yes, I did. She understood. And then she, he just comes and punches him in the face. Yeah. Um, we talked about this last week. We this, did. This felt kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, so yes, I've been trying all week to like understand why. I can give you one thing Kay. that might be it. All so right. first off, I was like, what is this? And then yeah. Clive... Um, is saying, hey, dude, like, it wasn't a big deal. And Josh is like, are you oh, sure? Yeah. Like, she, she's cool with it? She, Yeah, she gave it to me. Okay. Okay. And that was it. That was it. Nobody said sorry. No. no. Nobody, like, uh, it was a weird moment. I, I didn't, I I, didn't enjoy I it. I felt this scene was super awkward. Yeah. So let's I, go I through this it. scene, and then I'll let you finish your thought on maybe why, and then I'll give mine. Okay. It so, comes later in the game. Oh, she understood, understood that you decided to save the world all on your own and that you die without her power. How dare you make her choose? You knew damn well she'd never refuse you, but I will. You can't keep pushing us away, Clive. I'm like, huh? When is, when is, when is this happening? When is Clive pushing him away? Yeah. The world is ours to save, not yours. And then, and then he just says, I used my gift because I thought it was the right thing to do. Right. And you truly believe this will save this will uh, save you? Yes. Yeah, will save us all? I do. Oh, all right, sweet then. That's the it. That's it. We're Peter says oh, I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. Really? Yes. Okay. I thought you did it because you thought it was the wrong thing to do, and and you're anyways. Yeah. Very strange. To very be awkward. that upset, to punch your brother in the face. In this the person face. who, in every scene prior to this, they were like best best friends and yes. loved each other. Yeah. To to have that much anger about it, and then to have him just say, basically, well, I thought it was right. And then, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That just felt really awkward, and yes. to such a degree to where I could not make sense of what was going on at all. Mm -hmm. So, why do you think? There comes a scene a little bit later on. I don't know if you've seen this yet, actually. You may have already seen this, but somebody asked him what, uh, what happens... Like, why do some of the dominants lose control? Yes, this is where I'm going with it. Okay. Yeah. And he says, well, only the ones that I took the power yes. from them, when they would prime again, they would lose control. Lose control. And so mm -hmm. maybe Josh is upset that now Jill is going to have primes, a harder time maintaining control if she primes. Yeah. Um, there's lots of issues with that. One of them being that the Phoenix himself gave his powers to Clive and 
that doesn't cause a problem there. There's a whole thing to um, talk about with that too. But then a lot of the other ones, anyways, I don't know. I just, I. There's a lot not explained. And that's the reason why this scene, which I think would work completely if we were filled in to the same details about how this works that they yeah. are. I, when I reconsidered this. Well, cause then we talked to Dion a little bit later on and, and it's like, well, Dion, I took your power and he's like, uh, I'll just overpower it with my will. Yes, and I'm like, yes. okay, uh, you sure? Yes. Okay. And then the, anyways, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. I have some questions. That's the first piece of context that helps me start to get this okay. because I, I, I'll go on and on all day and I have for years and years, um, about what I like in terms of good writing. And it's to never have the characters speak about things that they already know about in an expository way for the sake of the audience. Yes. I believe that is what this conversation is. It's them speaking um, knowingly to each other. The problem is we don't, we know. don't know how this works. Yes. And so it's now, confusing. And if it were a normal argument, that would be fine. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. But to punch him in the face, <laughs> I kind of want to know why he did that. Yes. I kind of don't want to wait four hours. to. Oh, that's why. Do you even remember that he punched him at that? Okay. Right, right. But yeah, that's why he punched him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, you, I, I would, I feel, I felt uncomfortable for four hours playing the game until I finally figured out, oh, that's yes. why I punched him. I, I, I didn't love that. Yes. So you're right. The first jigsaw piece that helped me start realizing this was when Dion said, well, because I got to get to origin. Yeah. They got to fly up there. And he's like, well, I'll just friggin' I'm Bahamut. You can just, like, I'll just well, fly you up there. Hold it's up, like, buddy. Okay. But the problem is, see, you, he took your, he took the, I'm calling, it's not the same thing. So the blessing of the Phoenix is not the same thing as what he takes from the other oh, dudes. Oh, that would that's make the, sense. That's the next piece of context you need to know. I guess Because so. Joshua can still control when he primes. Right. Yet uh, Clive has these Phoenix abilities, right? Right. Now, every time okay. Clive has taken the icon of the dominance before, the powers go into the same wheel that we use as a character progression system in the game to get more abilities. Right. So I figured the Blessing of the Phoenix it's is the, the same, same thing. thing. It was just taken by force hmm. versus given. Okay. But we've had now Jill give it by choice. Yes. Right? Oh, you're right. And, uh, so then what's the issue? Right. So it's different, though. It's still different. Okay. Whatever, whatever it was that Joshua did... When he gave the blessing of the phoenix as a child, was mm. not the same thing as what the other icon. When when Clive has given had gotten any other icon power, it's a different thing. This is all related to his mythos thing. Right. What what Joshua did was not. That's what all of the phoenixes before okay. Joshua did with their first shield as well. Okay. It's a different ritual, a different power, even though it's the same power in the system in which yeah. the game works. In the utilitarian sense, it's the yes. same. But but Jill gave hers freely, um, I think. Yes, yes, she did. But it's still not the blessing Somehow it's not in the, the same. same way okay. that Joshua okay. did. Okay. So that means just like all of the other well, like Garuda and uh, and Benedicta, when she couldn't control it, when she primed again, yeah. um, there is this high likelihood that if Dion primes again, or if Jill primes again, they'll get the yellow eyes and they won't be able to control themselves. They'll well, just destroy everything. The likelihood the thing makes me question. Um, well, so it 
Well, okay. Because well, you know, a, you know a, something a I don't because you've played to the end of the game and I haven't yet. Okay. You, you would have seen Dion Prime again at this point. So I can't Maybe. speak about that. Okay. Well, but, I shouldn't then. <laughs> so we'll have to wait. I'll have to wait for that okay. to happen before I can further sort of like figure out how this all actually freaking works. But the point is, I think what Joshua is upset about is that you took her icon. Right. It's not the same thing as what I did with you. So she, so that's what he says. Okay, gotcha. Uh, You did this knowing, what did she say? What did he say? How dare you make her cheers? You knew damn well she'd never refuse you. I think he says something else I didn't take down on accident. Like you knew what would happen. You, You knew what this meant to do this and you did it anyways kind of a thing yeah yeah right i feel like there's a line here that he said something like that i think what he's meaning by that is jill can't prime without losing control anymore i think okay is that also kind of what you that sounds about right but as you've been explaining this i i sort of see what the phoenix is saying when he says um like you can't you don't have to do this alone kind of thing like we're all here with you is Instead of just taking everyone's blessing and going on and fighting your battles, just take them with you. Yes. Just bring them the per- the person with you, and then the blessing is just there with you. And that is you, the other element. You can and 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 Phoenix is getting the impression that even though these people are around you, you're kind of telling them to stay back, and you're just taking their blessing so that you can go fight. Yes. Um, something like that, maybe. There's a, maybe an additional layer on top of what you just said. To where you're just doing exactly what Ultima wants. Well, I don't know that Clive... It's obvious that that's what Ultima wants. Yes. I don't know that Clive knows that that's what Ultima wants yet. It's hard to know what Clive knows (laughs) and doesn't know. (laughs) Because he's asked multiple times, What is my purpose as Mirthos? Mirthos. And they tell him, and he just keeps doing it. So I don't know. Is he just daft or is is he just like, oh, I'm my will strong enough. I just won't do it. Well, we brought up, I I brought this up on the Ocarina of Time uh, connection where you go around, you connect all the medallions, you go to Temple Time and then Ganondorf's there. And he's just like, I was waiting for this whole time. Like that's, that's just what this is being set up for. So everything Clive is doing is basically what Ultima wants him to do. Yes. Um, Maybe just by a different path to arrive at the same. I think so. Okay. I th- I, but I don't know for sure, man. Like, at this point, there's so many questions. I have okay. way more questions than answers as to, like, how things work and who knows what. And and I don't know if these are things the ATL would really even freaking help with that ah, much. I see. Um, I'll have to read all that next episode. <laughs> but, I, okay, so that is the other element, though, is what I wanted to get to. Yeah. He's, he's mad that Clive is trying to make it his burden alone to... Mm-hmm save the world but is if it's just that if it was only that why don't you have a heart-to-heart conversation with your brother you love and sure. say hey man like why are you doing the like, stuff we're here for you yeah, yeah, yeah just take us well you didn't have to take the power it, it, to be mad enough to punch him in the face is more of a i'm defending jill here yeah and you knew she wouldn't refuse even though she brought it up in the first place she's the one who it's not like clive came to her and was like hey i need your power give it to me yeah and i know you won't refuse me it was she was like hey take it right i want to give it to you but joshua doesn't know that yes. he doesn't know how it happened and and that's what clive should have said think, yes he should have <laughs> well i think josh is assuming that clive like asked for it and, and yeah. was like hey, it's an assumption can i have your power and that jill was like reluctantly like fine here you go yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's a lot yeah. here 
that isn't said that I don't think would be good dialogue if they exposited it in the scene. Yeah. So it's well written in that respect. Right. But we just need to have had more exposition to understand there's a difference between the blessing of the phoenix and when Clive takes these icons through his mythos power. It, they're, they're different yeah. things. They have not explained that. Right, right. At I all. Don't and think, I don't believe there's don't even an ATL in, entry that explains this at this point. Yeah. I think some people have uh, hinted to us that this will be explained in the ending of the game somehow, but you've played the ending of the I, game. I have beat the I don't game. know if you feel that it is I sufficiently explained. I do not explained. feel that this is so, sufficiently explained. Okay. However, however, oh, this is, the collector brings up something very interesting here, and I did feel this exact same way. He says that Joshua came off jealous. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. what it felt like. So it's almost like, wait, did you get Jill's blessing? He's almost asking her, did, asking him, did you did you sleep with Jill? Oh, that did in you, that respect. Did you spend the night? Did you did, you've been holding off for ten years? Did you finally do it? You should have held off longer. You've screwed things up or something. Oh. It, it came off a little jealous on that end. I did feel that at first because I was like... You're, you're not saying jealous in the sense that he also likes Jill though, right? Because that's how it felt. I did because not... Because he likes I, Yote. I mean, that's pretty clear. I think that's pretty clear. I don't... I didn't think that until he punched Clive in the face, I didn't think he liked Jill at all. As mm. soon as he punched him in the face, I was like, oh, this is some love triangle stuff, right? This is some like, did you sleep with her? Yeah. <gasps> you jerk. Boom. How could you make her do that? Mm. She, you know, she likes me, not you. I don't know. Like, I, it's not that I really read that much into it but i did get some feelings of like oh are they gonna throw in like a weird love triangle here that that felt that way it mm. felt like that's what they were going for I, so that that further confused the whole scene for me i didn't get the sense of jealousy about jill because i i guess i have felt or i have gotten the sense that he really loves yote a lot yes but i do get the sense of jealousy from the sec that you're this isn't your world you're not going to be the hero here Right. Alone. Oh, got you. Sure. I'm also important. And he comes back and says this later. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just the power of Ifrit that Ultimate needs. It's also the Phoenix. So he does right. both. Yes. Right? Like, we're both important, <laughs> not just you. <laughs> so there would be jealousy in that sense, too. But there's an implication of when Clive says, yeah, I got the blessing from Jill that I haven't gotten in 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's an implication there that... Means I, that also means I slept with her, right? For for some reason, there was like that. That was kind of where it went because Josh was kind of felt awkward asking, like, "Hey, I could you, like, see it get in the her sense blessing? that, like, yeah, I got her blessing." You knew that, like, we're almost at this point where we may not come back, yeah. from this, and you set up this relationship after all this time of not doing it, yeah, knowing what this might mean. Right. That's a really jerk move to do right now. Sure. And then there's that. that, there's that too, which wouldn't <laughs> as much be the jealousy angle, but it is still brings in kind of the uh, confusion of the romance, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Very, okay. very interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I felt it was a clumsy scene, not because specifically yeah. what happens. I think it could be fine left just how it is. If we just understood a lot better how, this mythos power works and what it does actually mean. What is the consequence of him taking yeah. Shiva, the icon from her? Because she can still prime. Garuda could still prime. Uh, friggin' even, no, it happened to uh, Hugo Kuka as well. So he took the power oh, from yeah, him first right. and then he fought him later and he got the, the yellow eyes. So yeah, when they yeah. when they prime after having the thing stolen, they lose control entirely. But only if they're a bad guy. 
apparently, if because we haven't if, seen a good guy prime a, yet after having okay. give it away. Well, we'll talk which later. I'm assuming we'll see Dion do that soon. <laughs> and possibly Jill as well. I don't know. But anyway. Okay, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so we come up to a town. <laughs> now, there's this city here that's in the in the blighted lands, right? And it yeah. has just been completely bowled over. It has been destroyed by the Akashic, basically. Everyone in there is dead. Um, and as they kind of walk around the city, they discover that there's this woman who is basically the only survivor of the whole village. And yep. she is pregnant, and she's crying oh, oh, in a oh, corner. Oh, wait, before we get to oh, that, Joshua else? splits off before this. He goes into that stronghold to go was look for here? some Ultima clues. Oh, you're right. They, they come out and they see like that army marching, and they're like, oh, crap, like... Uh, this yeah. is crazy. And then they're going to, all right, we need to get to the next town. I think it's called Isla or Isla or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. then the Josh was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check out that castle first. Because he saw something yeah. that looked similar to the Phoenix Gate. And he yeah. thought, whoa, that might have some of the stuff yeah, that, that right. Tomes told me about. So he splits yeah. off. And then Gav and Clive go into this town where they yes. meet this woman. Yeah. And so that army was coming after having ravaged the whole town. And so this woman was still around. She was um, uh, just in tears on the floor. Um, everybody that she knows is dead and she at first thinks that we're here to attack her but that is not the case um, they kind of talk a little bit afterwards because they bring her up I didn't know what to make of her I didn't know if like was she going to turn Akashic is something weird going to happen here is she actually pregnant um, but she sits down and they all kind of start talking around her and like why is she alive like how did they how did they miss her she can't run very well she's just in the corner of the house um, and I can't remember who it was it might have been Gav or Clive that mentions that well I think it was Clive. Actually, he said it might it might be the baby, right? Yeah, the, the, the bear. The baby's the a bear. The baby's a bear. So he's immune to ether floods. Yeah, or not immune, but at least much more resistant to them. So the mother was protected. So the mother was well. protected from because the child was a bear. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was very interesting, and that would be why the uh, Akashic didn't kill her. Slash, why the the it could be that the army was the people of the town. And that the ether flood showed up, everyone turned to Kashik, and that was the army that we saw walking away. Well, I think that that army was probably too large to be a village, but the, I mean, okay, all okay. these villagers come and attack you when you arrive there. That's like right. You fight a bunch of Akashic. Yeah, it's actually right. one of my favorite. So it's kind of both moments of spectacle in the game. Yeah, yeah. Is you like you get done fighting all of these freaking Akashic, and they just turn around, and Odin's just standing right freaking there. That was really cool. Like, Whoa, that was crazy. On his, on Odin's his like right there on his horse, just like looking horse. at them. And it's almost like, oh, we're screwed. And I think, <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, whoa. That was a pretty cool moment. I, that was I really felt like cool. that was really well executed. And then, you know, he talks to me. He's like, okay, you're heading towards uh, the capital, right? Good, 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 good. <laughs> you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And Clive you're, is you're, like, well, I don't know what else to do, so I'll just keep doing the thing that the enemy wants me to do. Yeah. Just slowly falling so, into their hands. So anyway, they have a conversation, and then basically Odin sets up this like barrier where like you can't yeah. go anywhere other than where the barrier allows you to go, which is pointing him directly into this the path of this giant tower nearby, yeah. which is apparently according to it's a crystal, the right? woman. Well, not the crystal, not the mother crystal yet, but there's just this big tower. Yeah, yeah. Where oh, that's right. I the think comes the in. ether floods had come from that, and that's where hmm. it turned a lot of the people. Maybe I'm misremembering that. I can't remember that. But I at think the that's moment. what she was saying, and that that's why they decided I got to go to that tower next. So that tower is sweet. It's the one with that huge like statue up top. Right? Yeah, 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 that yeah. was really the cool. ultimate <laughs> statue yeah. at the top. Um, and that would be, it would be something like that, right? That that was from whence a lot of the Akashic came from. Yeah. Um, when you go into that tower, it's just hordes upon hordes, right? 
you're just fighting, fighting your way up. Remind yeah. me a bit of Final Fantasy XII. There's a part towards the end of that game where there's <laughs> just this like huge a hundred floor A hundred floors, yeah, and you're just going out. This one wasn't nearly that long. Yeah, thank, thank goodness. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it had a similar kind of feel to it. Um, but that was cool. Do you want to go all the way up to that point then? Yeah, uh, because I don't really have any more notes okay. necessarily. So uh, the, um, up until that point, we've got like Joshua... Um, we get a little scene of him. There while is he's a there. short scene of him. So he finds uh, a mural that is perfectly preserved, mm-hmm. right? And it shows the figure up top. And so he's looking at it all. He's kind of counting on his fingers, like, "Hey, here's all the icons, basically." And he comes up to the top one, and then he realizes the phoenix is missing. The phoenix is not, yeah, not anywhere to be found in the mural. Even Leviathan the Lost, the one yes. icon we don't see that they don't see in yeah. the game, yeah, is on this mural, but not me, not, not phoenix. the phoenix. Yeah. And then he looks and realizes that not only does the main shadow figure kind of look like Ifrit, but that the wings on Ifrit yeah. look very similar to when we fought Bahamut and when the Phoenix merged with Ifrit. The and he saw the wings. Ifrit Arisen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Ifrit yeah. Risen, I think. Ifrit Risen. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a few things here. One of them is that Ifrit is the vessel of Ultima. And my question being, is it always Ifrit? Like, is that the reason? Is Clive the vessel or is Ifrit the vessel? No. I mean, I, 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 mean, I believe I guess, it was Clive. I, I, I'm I guess sure it's it Clive. both just because Clive, for whatever reason, is able to prime. And, and Ifrit and is does like a not, hidden icon. does right? not turn to stone. Like, it doesn't have an effect on him. Right, right. So whatever is in Clive's DNA specifically that... Ultima seated, <laughs> okay. which is, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. That's a little bit next episode, but um, the, where he was, he, he, he went to sleep for a while waiting for like the perfect vessel to come from this generations yeah, of people. Yeah. Um, Clive has that, the result of all of those generations of DNA or yeah. whatever that arrived at him. So I think well, it's I've, him. I've got some, some stuff on that. You guys, if you want to learn ahead, I guess you can look up the cosmic anthropic principle, which okay. is the idea that the universe was designed for the end of producing humans, basically. that Well, okay, designed may not be the right word, but that the end result of the universe uh, is like humans, like the- Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, uh, Richard Dawkins even has kind of a version of the anthropic principle that kind of helps explain- This is a very Xenogears thing, but- Yes, like, okay, very perfect, perfect. Thing. Well, it's Adam Kadmon, <laughs> it's that whole kind of idea, right? That yeah. there's like a human being implicit in the structure of the universe itself, and then slowly, eventually becomes manifest in like the perfect man or something, yeah. and that's Clive. So this would be the cosmic Clive principle um, <laughs> in this world of Final Fantasy 16 that states that the whole cosmos is geared towards the production of Clive himself. Yes. That all of humanity, everything about the whole world, everything mm-hmm. is going towards the end of Clive as the vessel for the gods. When, and that's like the point. When I spoke about some similarities to Xenogears uh, last time, this was what I was referring to. Yeah. It was God setting up yeah, this yeah. human race to so for this end to an way end, down the line, a perfect man down the line yeah, yeah. who would be able to accomplish it, that concept yeah. that you're talking about is the similarity between the two games. Gosh, you're see. making me want to play Xenogears again. <laughs> it's so <man>. good. <laughs> oh, geez, some Ubermensch idea there too. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my question because Joshua seems to imply that oh, Ifrit is the vessel of the gods or of God, but that's fine. Um, yeah. We'll leave that be. It's probably mostly Clive. It was probably or Joshua doesn't know everything at this point either. So what he says doesn't have to be have to be gospel. Um, but yeah, uh, he realizes that the combination. It's not just that Ifrit is the vessel of the gods. It's that Ifrit and the Phoenix 
are like combined that they are the kind of purpose that it's not it's not necessarily just Clive himself although it certainly seems that way um, but that F Joshua has some part in this as well that Joshua is to kind of you know um, become one with Clive in a way and that them two together becomes the perfect person something right. like that yeah it, the, the two of them need to combine yes it's not just Clive alone which is what but, Joshua figures out here. but the other implication here is that and this is where Joshua kind of wants people to stop priming around this point. He's kind of yeah. like, not just because their hands are turning to stone and whatnot, um, but also because they're, he realizes, I think at this point, that they are playing into Ultima's hands. And he knows that Ifrit plus Phoenix seems to be what this mural is pointing towards. Like yes. the combination of Ifrit plus Phoenix, the two sons of fire, as I think, mm. um, was it who Barnabas or Ultima called them? Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like- But that he's- That the, the dominant of fire is neither Phoenix nor Ifrit alone. It's both. It's when they're combined. Uh, it got split at some yes. point. But what, what's really cool is that something that happens a little bit later here, when Joshua rejoins with Clive, is that I feel like this mural kind of taught him something. That, hey, we, we had to join as icons in order to defeat Bahamut. But that's what they want us to do, and it's better if we join together as humans and we both um, will fight together using our fire strength, both of us together, but not primed not as and one not as being. one being, yeah. but the two of them together in their human form, right? Because okay. they're at this point, they're kind of- fighting side by side. Exactly. Yeah. And that that would be a way to do what Ultima wants, but also not, also re retain your humanity, right? Still be a man, still be a person and not subject to uh, not have to give Ultima this, this icon that, Ulti that they know Ultima's end is like to have that, right? That being mm. is what Ultima wants. Um, but if they fight together as, as humans, that they can um, maybe accomplish a similar goal, uh, but without having to prime and go all the way. Now that's yeah. not 100%, but there's some hints to that a little bit later on um, okay. as we start fighting our way into this tower. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's see, where am I? I basically just have um, lines from Odin now. When when you get to the top, do you have anything from the tower? No, other than I have this note, but I can't remember where it comes from. But I just wrote, "Clive wants to go alone." Yes, and that is, I sort of why Josh punched him in the face. But yeah. um, Josh, I, I I guess the the part that confuses right. me about that is why we did he, why was we he angry Gav enough with the print? Why was girl. he angry enough to punch him in the face over? Why are you trying to do this alone? Yeah. Instead of having a heart to heart and talking to him like a brother. Yeah, yeah. It just feels too strong for. Gotcha. The offense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like a well. If you do this alone, you're gonna do the opposite of saving humanity. You're gonna play right into Ultima's hands. I gotta wake you up. I guess maybe you could say that. Yeah. But like, still, it just seemed really strong for someone for someone you care about. You know, taking on this burden alone. I guess he felt like he was being selfish in doing that, but I don't know. It just felt like a, w a weird response to that. So when we tell Gav to stay with this pregnant girl, he's like not happy at all. No, he's like, are you like kidding me? That. I could go help you fight. And Clive is like, no, I'm going to do this alone. You stay with the girl. She's the only survivor. The only thing worse than what's happened is if she also dies too, right? There's yeah. something along those lines. Um, and so Gav's like not happy about it, but he ends up kind of embracing his role with this, with this woman. Um, but Clive 
then goes alone, which is basically what Joshua had just been telling him. Like, hey, don't do it alone. And Clive's like, I'm not doing it alone. I'm just, I just thought it was the right thing to do. Something like that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're good now. We're friends now. And then immediately Clive's like, hey, Phoenix is gone. Gav, you stay here. I'll deal with the problem myself. And it's like, okay, uh, did he learn anything? Was the fight, did, did anything happen there? Or is You've Clive still- You've tried this twice. <laughs> yeah. And it went disastrously both times. So what exactly <laughs> are you expecting to happen this time? And somehow he just is able to fight Odin now. <laughs> yeah, it's and al- again, it's- I think that's all about will. It's all yes. about the strength of his will. Because but. in some ways, being stupid is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> If like, you have a strong enough will, even if then, you're dumb, it, that, yes. that's well, stronger. You than know, being in was it Star Wars Episode Two, right? Where 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 Obi Wan is like, "What are you trying to do? Get us killed? Like, what, you, this is ridiculous." And something about Anakin replies like, "Oh, I am a slow learner." Something like that. Yeah. Do you remember that line? Yeah, I do. Um, there's something virtuous about the person with uh, a great will, but that is a slow slow on the take, right? Slow. To, I mean, like, this is this up. is um this What's is. Going uh, um, um, Dragon Ball Z. It's, oh, it's, FF10, it's, I was thinking. Well, Titus. Titus as well, yeah. but uh, what's his freaking name? Dragon Ball Z, main character, Dragon Ball. Goku. Goku, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Goku. It, that's who Goku is. I mean, it's straight up who Goku is. So, so that, but there's something endearing about somebody who's stupid, but just always does the right thing. Harry Potter is kind of this sometimes. Like, you're a little dense, but like... You know, you've got, but then you just you, don't you, give up. Well, you I guess just it, don't give up. I mean, we go, we've been talking about Zelda too. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. it's not the wisdom or the power <laughs> that he gets. It's, it's just it's the, courage. the courage. It's just to just keep going. I'm just going to do this no matter what. And I'm just Despite, never going to give up. Well, even though good. it's not necessarily the smartest thing. I'll just figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's having, some trope yeah. or archetype in that. Yes, there is. That they're yeah. probably playing on. I just don't like it. It, because sometimes courage isn't enough. You got to have you got to have yes. some ability to some think wisdom, ahead of some your power. Enemies. Yeah, yeah. That's the balance, right? You got to have the balance that you have you to gotta have all together. But if you had to pick one, it's got to be courage. That's what yes. Harry Potter of all of them, he's <laughs> just got courage. That's his thing. And this is, seems to be Clive's thing as well. He's like I'm human. What it means to be human is to just like not give up. And yeah. I'm like, that could be a really bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it really can. <laughs> to just keep trying to fit a square peg into a round hole over and over and over. I mean, th- there you are, can, that's my point. Yeah. There are some things in which you're not going to make it happen through yeah. your will. And if you, you do, have to it's actually horrible use and will destroy the freaking planet. brain yeah, to yeah. say, this shape doesn't fit into that hole. I can't make it go in there. I have <laughs> yeah, to yeah. think of something else. Well, like, like, that's kind of my point and why yeah, I don't yeah. like how this Odin thing wraps up. Because he just wins because he just keeps trying. Where I think it would have been nicer to have them step back for a second, and I've already said this, so I won't repeat it, and come up with some different way to get around it. Man. That's the, all I was looking for with this. And he's just like, nah, I'll just fight him again. Even though he has this power, I have no way of overcoming. And he hits me many, many times. He cuts mm-hmm. me a lot. A lot. In Ifrit form and in human form, he gets cut by the sword and he d- doesn't just die immediately. I why? guess he's just lucky that, I don't know. I don't know why. Just, well, I have one guess and it's that Ultima doesn't want him dead. Yeah, I so, mean, that's and, true. Well, Odin I, isn't going to kill him, kill him. But, but And this is what this is what it all comes to later on. Uh, I mean, this is part of the, the next, oh, gosh, I don't know how, how far we're going to get in this episode. But um, you can look at the way that they're fighting here as an internal battle of wills that's taking place in the subconscious in, in a way sure. like maybe not when Josh was there and obviously Annabella watched the whole Bahamut fight. Okay, fine. Uh, but you're, you're testing your will, especially with Ultima and with um, here, especially with Barnabas. It's a battle of wills, right? They're not, he is not trying to kill you. 
He yes. is not trying to kill your body. He is, he's not trying to break your body. He's trying to break your will. Your will, yes. And that's the whole point. And as long as you just keep your will up there, you will eventually win because here's, you are trying to kill him, but he's not trying to kill you. Here's the problem And if your will him. is strong enough, you'll eventually kill him and then good job, you did I it. would accept that yeah. as the answer that is, you know, why this all works. I think that's Had what the game's going for. Had it not been for the fact yeah. that Clive does more convincing of Barnabas that his own will is important. And their whole third final phase of the fight but, is Barnabas saying, I finally got a taste of my own will again, and I'm not relinquishing it. I'm going to fight you for real now. That's a good point. With all of, like, with, with me embracing my will, not because good I'm point. doing Ultima's good will. Point. And he fights you as hard as he can, and he still doesn't kill you with that sword that can cut anything. That can cut a building. <laughs> so, he cut a whole palace in half. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of strange. Because I really liked that. I loved that moment of the fight where, where he, Clive has, con, has, has gotten through to Barnabas. Yeah. You gave up the one thing that makes you human, that makes you who you are. Right. Like this is not, uh, what is, let me read some of the dialogue. You're wrong, Clive says. It is no corruption, this will I have. It's not a corruption. It is who I am. Every choice I make, right or wrong, gives me reason to carry on, and carry on I shall, not as a puppet, but as a man. Which are you? A man and chooses. So this becomes a debate of, Barnabas, are you a puppet? Are you even a man anymore? Right. And he gets through to him right. by the third phrase of the fight. It's true. It's in true. which yeah. Barnabas says, my heart, it soars. As it did the day I won Ash. Since then, many have sought my crown mythos, but none could wrest it from my head. Come, have you the strength? Have you the will? Your stubborn defiance has stirred my long becalmed heart, filling it with joy yes. that I have not known for generations. That's right. Yeah. I had thought the tantalizing kiss of self-indulgence a dream forever out of reach. And now that its sweet ruin courses through my veins, I shall not be quick to relinquish it. Show me your worth, Mythos, that I might revel in it. So he's not doing Ultima's bidding at this time. He's right. finally doing his own. Right. He's using and his he own will because he wants to win now. Yeah, yeah. And he has a sword that can kill him in one hit. And for some reason it doesn't work now. Yes, it stops working right <laughs> at this point. I don't get that. How did Clive overcome this power that was impossible? Maybe the sword only had that power in so much as it was calling down the powers of Ultima. And as soon as he <laughs> severed his will from Ultima's will, his sword lost the power that it, yes. the bite that it had. There's also the fact that's that a guess that's right previous wrong. to this third phase of the fight, Ifrit goes up and like catches the sword as it's coming down. Yes. And he breaks it. That's right. And he uses it to cut Odin. So did something happen there that mm. diminished its one cut kill power or something? <laughs> did 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 Ifrit overcome it through some power that's ultimately within Mythos? Uh, and and mm. the whole premise of this was because in the last time you fought him at the bottom of the ocean, he says, "You will never overcome me. You'll never be able to defeat me mm. until you basically give up this idea of your will." Right. right? But I think what he proved in the moment that he cut that sword in half was the will maybe is strong enough to over... I just don't like it. I, I get it's that it could weird. be the explanation. It's weird I've been saying think. that the whole time. I just don't think it's cool. I don't like it. It's weird to think that a will 
is the thing that's strong enough to overcome that blade that cut an entire castle in half. Um, <laughs> that like, oh, my will is so strong. It doesn't make sense the no. way you talk. In the game, no. I guess will can do magical things, but um, you know, as we try to connect the game to the, our lived experience in the world, um, it's very difficult to say that willing something can make it so just by sheer force of will alone. Yes. There's almost something mythological in that being the solution that I can respect, right? Yeah. When you read a mythological story, a lot of them don't make any logical sense. Oh, and they're not Because you're not to. supposed to be read literally. Well, and we'll right? get to this later on, probably next episode, but the, yeah. the difference between mythos and logos. Yes. Yeah, there's a big difference. So the, the issue here is that the way stories are told today mm. are in a much more literal, grounded format. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so then there is some burden on the creators to make convincing scenarios <laughs> in which it makes sense logically too. Yes. If this was but they also want to add a theme. Yeah, a mythological story. Yeah. And it was told in that way, mm. this probably would work just fine as a concept to oh, me. Yeah, probably. It's just that in the literal, the very literal sense, <laughs> it's because it, when they say the sword can cut anything, even the ocean in the mythological story, you're yeah. not supposed to take that literally. No, but they did. They presented it quite in literally. In the story, it is a very literal power in which yeah. he possesses. Yes, yes. And he has literally cut him with it and cut every sinew in his body. <laughs> very literally, that happened. Yes. So how does he literally overcome this power with the strength of his will alone? Yeah. Literally, how does he do it? Yes. If you're going to have... That's it. That's, that's, that's my problem with this scenario. It yeah. doesn't work because of that. And, and there's some way, because somebody's bringing it up, says the power of anime, right? Uh, there, yes. There's, there's an idea that Final Fantasy has fallen into for a long time now, that all of their games have to look as perfectly realistic as possible, yes. right? They tend not to give a very um, stylistic, maybe a, like a cartoony kind of look to things. It's just, this is the realistic. They're going for hyper-realism. Uh, but then they're telling stories about blades that can cut through oceans and yeah. things like that. And it's like, okay... Um, this could have worked in a different format, a different, uh, maybe the game format, but a different art style, right? You can pull things like this off in a different way where people aren't expecting this high realism to, yeah. to what they're watching. Uh, but because they chose for the super realistic look and feel to the game, then all of a sudden when things like this happen, we're just like, well, this, this, see, this world feels so realistic that I can't accept some of the fantastical elements anymore. I just, yeah. I, I, my brain won't, suspend my disbelief enough because you know I mean, obviously I'm not saying that the game's perfectly real there's plenty of stylized fantastical elements sure uh, but the presentation is done in a realistic manner that makes this kind of stuff really difficult it, it um, stands out more yeah a lot it's harder to buy and this goes back to our whole discussion on Final Fantasy and how it was versus how it's become where it was more theatrical in its presentation more uh, abstract in its presentation before yeah, yeah. you you bought certain things because the presentation was done in this sort of uh, diorama you can have characters yeah. jumping around to express their joy <laughs> you know and it works because the format is suited for that yes. and you could easily suspend your disbelief and you could yeah. easily fill in the gaps with your mind of what you think literally happened yes right but that that's no longer an option they're, they're presenting it to you in such a literal format yeah that um you just don't have the option to just, oh, well, I'll just make up a different way that that happened in my head, right? You can't do that. You're, you're seeing it in too much detail. Yeah, I agree. Okay. That's now, all. 
Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The, I'm just saying once no. you decide that for your art style, your story elements and things your, need to the fit. The expectation you, you need some consistency is going to change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For how much it should or should not make sense. Right. In the literal sense. But but then a general, as you said before, about the myth, right? If there was a myth, because people can accomplish amazing things through sheer force of will alone. That there is something like that that can happen. But it's not this. Like, yeah. This isn't the kind of thing that you can accomplish through sheer force of will. Although there are other things, and it does have a power that's almost mythological, and that you can tell stories that help people to understand that that through force and uh, through sheer force of will, you can accomplish great things. Yeah. And a story like this could work if you were read it in a book. Yeah. Um, but watching it, it just there's there's a disconnect here. Yeah. There's a like disconnect. I'm saying, if it was told like in the, theme, in the mythopedic way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mythopic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If it was told. This is this is uh, I have this discussion with a lot of people who have trouble to say the Silmarillion or something. Oh, yeah. where they go into it expecting a a, a a a book of prose. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's, it's literally pure written, mythology. It's, it's a mythopedic <laughs> yeah format. Yeah, it's written like the Bible or something. Yeah. it's written like a myth where like they, there's so much detail that is just not actually delved into yeah. it's it's a it's a 1000 foot view of the events right told in this sort of historical sort of like i mean you could go through thousands of years in the matter of a couple pages yes yeah kind of a thing so time isn't an element yes yeah so when you're telling a story in that format you don't have to get into no. the literal tiny details yeah you can say by the strength of his will alone, he overcame this power to yes. cut the ocean in half or the planet in half or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you can take from that, this is an abstract, symbolic way of me, the listener, reader, saying that the strength of your will is stronger than anything in the world. Sure. Okay. Which is a concept, an abstract concept. And there that are many apply, stories written right? about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that sense, it would work just fine. Yeah. But when you literally show me that his sword cut every sinew in his body. And then you tell me by the strength of his will, some abstract yeah. thing that is not tangible in, in, in this world of realism, he somehow walked through those cuts yeah. that cut every, and it just didn't because he just didn't want it to. There you go. Hard enough. There you go. See, the will is powerful, <laughs> but I just don't think it's that powerful. <laughs> I don't think. Now, I haven't tried it. Have you? Have you tried this? I can't jump to the moon, no matter how hard I want it. But have you tried? No. But And I have you wanted it that hard? <laughs> <laughs> See, you're not speaking from experience. Have you fought a sword fight with, with sheer force of will alone? Have you ever done it before? Uh, I guess not. I haven't. So. I guess not. I guess I'm wrong. Good point. You have to do it. All right. Uh, collectors asking, okay. but the real question is, is Final Fantasy 16 still a good game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's still a good, good game. It's still a pretty good game. It's a good game. Okay. Um, <sighs> at the very beginning of this battle, Barnabas is standing at the very top of the tower, right? And he's got, well, I can't remember if his sword's out or not, but there's a ton of dead, like, Akashic beings in front of him. And Clive is walking towards him and is like, what did you, what? what? Were you fighting Akashic too? Like, I yeah. just fought a ton of them. Why are you fighting Akashic? And he mm. said, well, the blade, a blade uh, must have training feed, to remain sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you must feed it. on. And, and Clive was like, oh, you're super evil. You're like a bad person. Mm. Um, but uh, I guess my question here is that we also just killed a ton of Akashic, yep. but we called him a butcher because <laughs> killing these Akashic is bad, right? Well, because... 
They're he did it a out of necessity. Yeah, Barnabas yeah, did yeah. it out of I, he just wanted to for fun. A butcher is somebody who cuts up bodies and meat, uh, uh, regardless of what he f- wants to do yeah. or what he thinks he's doing. Well, and you know, feeding people is a necessity. And yes. So I, 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 I understand your point. Anyways, I just think it's funny. I think it's funny. We killed way more cash than he did. We killed way more than he did. <laughs> Why are we accusing him of being anything negative? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he's also standing in front of this statue out from which um, emanates, I guess, the voice of Ultima a little bit later on. But this big statue with four arms, right? And yep. like no face. Yep. Just standing up super tall. Maybe, mm. I don't know, at least a football field tall. Huge, huge statue. Really cool. I absolutely loved it. Um, but then... We get into this fight with Barnabas, and he says that the problem with humans is free will. Free will is the problem with humans. Yep. So that's interesting in and of itself. Because they can't be the puppets of Ultima if they have will, right? There are purposes to be part of his body, like we talked about. Yes, exactly. The fingers of his hand. He's supposed to be able to control us. If they get their own consciousness and their own will. Then he can't control This you. is not right. This is the this is a problem. Yep, something's right. wrong. Becomes a, a cancer. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I really loved that moment, though, where he sort of started to find the spark of his own will again. That part and was very cool. he just reveled in this... Uh, this well, this, that's when his voice gets double-pitched, yeah. right? That was crazy. Yeah. And he just starts laughing and... I really liked that as a build-up to that final phase. Because, yeah, again, yeah. you can't explain away that Odin doesn't just kill him in the previous phases because he's not supposed to. Ultima doesn't want right. to. He just Ultima wants him to want test him. him until his true mythos powers yeah, come out. Yeah. But in that moment, he no longer cares about Ultima. He found his will again. Right. He's doing what he wants, finally, and it's, it feels so good. Anyway. But yeah, I, I love the dialogue there and... Oh, it's you know, very the, good. The question is, the how do you how it. do you have that moment and still have Clive not how still have Clive win? Yeah, right. Uh, and I would say maybe they just oversold how powerful Odin was to begin with, in order for oh, us to believe later on. Rob is bringing something up that's that's interesting. Uh, I actually took a note of it when oh. when the Akashic they sort of dissolve and their powers like go like yeah, into. In, I thought it was into his sword. Yeah, into his sword. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's saying Barnabas was feeding on the Akashic. This is part of why he hasn't aged. He's absorbing his Akashic subjects for literal power. Okay. So, so that's the part that Clive is objecting to. Okay. But so that hadn't kill, happened kill, yet. Kill that hadn't happened quite yet when he called him a, a butcher. butcher or whatever. Yeah, true. That happened a little bit after. It, it's at, but it gets, anyway. But that's you have a interesting. Point. Okay. You have a point. So he's like eating them. That's so the evil part of killing it. Killing them is fine, but <laughs> killing them and, and then, then using them, them to benefit power. yourself. Yeah, that's the evil thing. Yeah, I, I think that's know. what he's getting at. Something like that. Okay, I got gotcha, you. It's, gotcha, it's gotcha. a good point to consider. This is something that um, I think we may have brought up last episode, but um, it is true. So Barnabas has given up his will to Ultima for a very long time now. Yeah. Uh, Barnabas has be, been a puppet of Ultima for decades, I think. Um, and in return, uh, he has received great power, I think, from Ultima. Mm. But Clive asks Barnabas if he's a puppet or a man, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really a really good intro to the fight as it kind of starts here. Oh, man, I love it. Because Barnabas the says, ah, there was a time when I, too, thought those the only choices. Yep. And I was like, oh, he's, this is going to be interesting. This yeah. is going to be good. Yeah. And then, of course, he goes into, in or, instead of just answering the question and telling us what that third option is, because I still, I'm not sure what, of, it, is. what it is, <laughs> um, but he tells this story, right? Long ago, 
God granted man the gift of magic. With that gift did he build great civilizations, yet over time, man lost sight of the gift's true meaning, stepping from the path of shared prosperity to one of avarice. So magic brought about shared prosperity. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Now, is this, well, I mean, this is a mythic retelling, of course, but, like, whose fault is it? Uh, was The magic was good for a while, right? Is it the god's fault or the man's fault that it kind of stopped well, Ultima, being good? Ultima talks about this in what we're going to cover next yeah. time. That from, he introduced magic into whatever world he came yeah. from and that it caused problems. Ah, and, so he knew the yeah. end. So Barnabas is telling it from the perspective of humans are bad, right? Yeah. So from Barnabas' story, he's saying, yeah, the humans screwed up this great gift that we gave them, right? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, He abandoned his creator for sword and flame, mankind did, and through his folly beckoned the blight. Yet there were those few who refused to turn their eyes from the heavens, and they prayed to God that he might lead them back to righteousness. And the Lord, he did answer, Before the worthy shall the gates of paradise open. And so did I spread my arms to the ether and cast my soul upon its gentle waters. I gave myself unto him, my worth proven. The Lord charged me thus, if you are kind, are you, oh, if your kind are to find salvation, they must be made to serve. You see, paradise lies, but a single step away, could we only take it? Could we only leave our transgressions behind? For none save the pure in heart and mind may set foot in the new world. I will save us, but it all begins and ends with you. You are the key, Muthos. <laughs> <laughs> you are the key, Muthos. And... With this humble offering shall I prove my faith once more. Mm. In some ways, it's like, hey, what is what is the offering? Is it himself? Is he sacrificing himself? He knows he's going to die here. And he's saying, I am going to engage even though I know it's going to cause me death because Ultima will reward me in the afterlife. I, yeah. I don't know that they're really talking. He's, he seems afraid to die. He doesn't seem stoked to die. Um, so I don't know if it's really afterlife he's talking about, but it's something like that, right? So that was a really good line. And then Clive answers. He says, you forsook yourself to serve. How is that living? How is that living? What you seek to provide is not salvation. It's anything but. Life is about always having a choice. Take that away and we might as well be dead. Mm-hmm. And Clive delivers that like really well. I, th- I love the delivery of that line. But I have questions about this whole, this whole thing here. And at least the philosophy that's being presented here. Yeah. Because at least in part, Barnabas is like, hey, we're made to serve, so just, like, get over yourself and just, like, serve, right? And then Clive is like, no, serving is literally the worst thing anyone can ever do. <laughs> uh, what is this sentence here? It's, life is about always having, having a, choice. a choice. Take that away and we might as well be dead. You forsook yourself to serve. How is that living, right? Mm. Now, these are extreme. The only way that I can kind of make sense of this, because Clive's this paragraph here from Clive seems a little bit extreme also, but that I think these two people are arguing from the extreme ends of the spectrum Uh, right now. That Barnabas is like hardcore, complete service, give up your will completely. And then Clive is saying, like Clive has taken a pretty hyper individualist, um, Mm -hmm. pretty libertarian, like really, really anarchist, even like all the way other side stance saying like never serve and never give up your will, even a little bit to anything else. uh, Always, always retain your individualism, all that kind of stuff. But I think, I think they're doing it to pit these extremes against each other because Clive is never quite this 
Well, no. I mean, he's, 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 he's he literally took on Sid's name and has exactly. been doing Sid's will exactly since. So, Clive, to some degree, he knows yes. when and when not to. Clive gave up his own will in order because he found that the will of Sid was a better way, right? And he yeah. said, okay, he gave up his own name. He gave up his own will to accomplish the will of Sid. And everything they do is like, oh, what would Sid have done? Oh, am I being a good Sid right now? I yeah, think I'm being right, a good Sid. Right. And it's like, why aren't you being a good Clive? Why are you so worried about being a good <laughs> Sid, right? Well, because he's given up some of his will to the spirit of, of Sid, right? Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Sure. So he's obviously not as radical as he sounds in this right here yes but as a counter to barnabas i actually really he, love it he needs to be this strong yes, in order to get barnabas to move closer exactly to the center <laughs> it's called the big ask yeah. <laughs> and you 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 take a much politicians do this all the time it's annoying um you take a much more extreme stance than you actually want to happen. So that way, when movement does happen, it comes to the point you actually wanted it to to begin with. If you started yeah. from that point, the middle position would have been a little bit further away from you. But if you take a further point, then the middle position becomes where you further. secretly wanted it to be in the first place. Yeah. Um, this is a very common tactic. You see this all the time. Um, but also the big ask, like if you're in a job interview, right? Um, let's say if you if you lowball yourself, like if yeah. you're like, oh, what you'll uh, what about fifteen. Grand a year is that okay are you if you're looking for something higher it's harder to talk up than it is and to talk, talk down. down so if you throw it out there like yeah sure i'll do that job yeah pay me 300 grand and the guy's like what <laughs> i'm just kidding no no maybe like maybe like 150 like what do you think no like 150 is still too high i can maybe part with 90 grand tops and like okay i'll do that but if you started <laughs> at like 50 or 60 yeah, or 40 you're never getting up to that 90 yeah. they're gonna say oh really okay you know yeah let's do it like you lowballed yourself and you're stuck you you can never um, you know, uh, achieve that. So you have to do the big ask. You have to throw it way out there. That way it seems like you talked your way down to what you actually wanted to begin yeah, with. Yeah, right. And so anyways, this is, uh, it's a common tactic. Uh, I feel like Clive is using this in order to convince Barnabas um, because in presenting the extreme opposite, Barnabas, Barnabas kind of, I mean, he might regret it though because Barnabas kind of follows him all the way to that extreme. Right. And now Clive has to deal with <laughs> that extreme now. <laughs> Libertarian <laughs> Barnabas. The hardcore... <laughs> I just, Co communist Barnabas I, is fine. I can do with that. I like, can't. Wait, I can't wait, do with back. libertarian Barnabas. Give up your will again, please. Go back. Go back. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but anyways, we end up defeating him. But I just, I, I thought it was very funny, Clive's kind of response here, because at many points throughout this, um, and and there's just there's there's. There, there's hints of this all all throughout the game, I think, though not always so forcefully from Clive. But there is hints of this. It's a pretty hard, like uh, freedom at all costs kind of stance yeah. that they're taking in the game, which I can appreciate. Like I see, I get, I, I see what they're saying. Um, but you know, maybe there are some times where it's okay to not do what you want to do, yeah, and to just. Give yourself to a greater cause or to, to a group. In Service fact, is a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I don't know that we need to belabor the point. I think everyone will pretty naturally understand what's wrong with this conversation. Yeah. Um, but I, nonetheless, I loved the energy. I really liked the energy. It was really good. Just yeah. like what you're talking about before that Kubka fight. Yeah. They're mm. bringing the energy. They're fighting. There's a battle of philosophies as well as a battle of wills, as, low as, a battle, as well as a battle of physical weapons. Yeah, it's like battle, yeah. all these battles happening all at once, you know, and that's what makes it interesting. And for that being said, I really, I really liked it. My favorite line in the whole game is also spoken here. When Barnabas says, very well, come then, show us your strength, or show us the strength of your will. Yeah. And Clive's response is just awesome. 
It's not the strength of my will that should worry you, but the weakness of yours. Nah, that's pretty that good. Was that's right. That's such right. a dope line. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was great as well, leading into the Because fight. Barnabas gave up his will, right? Yeah. He, he has no will to speak of. And so he's just on borrowed will from Ultima. That's his yeah. whole thing is he's borrowing Ultima's will for a time, right? Yeah. And, and that was a perfect response from Clyde. It was awesome. Yeah, like, it was I, very that, that was my favorite line in the whole game. And I'll read it again. It's not the strength of my will that should worry you, but the weakness of yours. The weakness of yours. It's just awesome. Awesome, like, final words before the swords actually clash. It's fantastic. And then it goes into the music, which is, I think, my favorite track from the game. Which is the it's it's basically the the theme that plays every time you fight an icon, usually in the first phase. It's that yeah. very heavy kind of quarrel piece. Oh yes, um, yeah, it's, it's very my cool. favorite track very in the cool. game, and it always makes me feel the energy building up to a big fight like this. And it's just, off the back of that, it's just like there's nothing more epic than to say that right before you right like then. clash swords <laughs> with Odin and yeah. the core the choir comes in. It's Pretty, cool. Like, oh, Pretty cool. Here we go. Speaking of a choir or an orchestra, speaking of giving of yourself to a greater thing, like a symphony, like that music yeah, that you're hearing, right? mm -hmm. it's made up of a thousand violinists who are all looking at a conductor. Okay, a thousand, right? Okay. A lot. Uh, it can 50, be 20, 30, okay, at 50, the large end of the insane, right? So a big symphony of tons of string players, tons of violinists, tons of cellists, they are all giving of their own will. They all want to play solos. You know they all want to just like yeah, yeah, sure. jump up there. You know that all these violinists could just, could just shred if yeah. they wanted to, right. but they aren't. They're giving themselves to this sheet of music they have in front of them and to this conductor who is leading them to produce this beautiful, beautiful music that has all of them playing together in harmony, right? Mm. But I think the ultimate point here is that they chose to do that. Yeah. They, they're giving of their will and, and giving of their to talents. To something greater. To something greater yeah. by choice. That's yeah. an agency decision. It's yeah. not, it's not, the conductor didn't force them to do anything. Not any forced servitude. Yes. Yeah. And not I, slavery. I, I the game doesn't say that, yeah. but that's what I'm going to say yeah. in order to make sense of what the game's saying. Because yeah. in some ways with Clive and some aspects of the game is saying, like, don't ever do service to, like, you know, yeah. a, oh, a greater the, good. The, the extremist individualist point of view yes, yeah. is not the right one either. Watch our Bioshock series if you want yeah, to right. learn more about that one. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's... I just, I don't know. I can't stress that enough. It's actually something that, as you can probably tell, quite bothered me about the game. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, man, not only it's, it's, it, th there's a lot of aspects in which it's paralleling religion, but also really deviating from it and kind of take borrowing from like a lot of older religions and stuff. Um, but the way it does it is sometimes just a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know if they quite get like mm. what exactly. Well, all because you're dealing saying. with here. Barnabas's sort of like religious zeal, yes, is maybe mischaracterized as from, a, a, as this thing that's just awful, horrible, and evil, right? When as the the to, purpose to, of it is something more towards the middle than the the, the extreme side, right? Which Barnabas is. Well, I think the common Christian idea is that the end goal of of the life is to reunite with God in some way and to like give of yourself to become the body of Christ, something like that, right? In, in not the literal way. Yes, we're the, talking the about, body we're talking, we're is talking. in like a body <laughs> Some of... Some people read this literally, and this is against the whole point of what we're saying, is I to not read mythopedic text I literally. I bring it up. Read them... <laughs> yes. But as symbolic. This game rails hard, hard against that idea, but it's like, no, um... <laughs> It, like giving yourself up to a greater good is not something to to um, be upset about, right? Yeah, it's not a bad as thing. As long as you do it freely of your own, like, you yeah, know, 
of your own will and you choice. Give, you give yourself willingly to a cause greater than yourself, and you serve it. And yes. you give up parts of your individual individuality. Yes. But this is this makes everyone's quality of life better. I believe. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. And there, I will bring it up later on. In the, in, but I feel like this game, in some ways, the story of this game is railing against that Christian concept of, of theosis, um, which not all Christians believe. I think it's mostly the Orthodox ones and Catholics and stuff. But um, I, I feel like it... I, anyways, I, I just feel funny about it sometimes. I feel like they don't really quite understand it as well. Um, mm. Or or it's not really what I'm thinking of. It's They yeah. could be talking about something else. It no, just I, I can comes across that from. way. I can see where you're coming from. At the same time, I do think it's fine because there are people who take the... the they take it to the extreme Barnabases. Yeah, where they Religions. like dissolve themselves, yeah. and it's like they aren't—they don't retain their individuality. Yeah, at all. And the, I think the idea, the Christian position in general, would be that um, God created beings with agency so that they could choose to return back to Him. Something like that, right? Yeah. I think that's Milton in Paradise Lost as something like that. Um, but um, that some people will not—they will give up their agency completely and and not retain their individuality. Um, which almost defeats the purpose. It's like, yeah. you know, God didn't need to make things if they didn't retain their individuality afterwards, if it all just kind of ends up, he's back at square one. Yeah, what was the point? Um, yeah, the, I think it's the idea is to create um, agents and then to have them choose to come back to him, something like that. Anyways, I don't, I don't know what the point of that is either, by the way. <laughs> I don't know the point of life. I'm just saying that, like, um, a lot of the theological concepts that I feel like are being challenged within this game are not actually, they're not being challenged in the way that would be a rigorous challenge. I would sure. say they're, they're kind of presented a little bit too surface level for me. Gotcha. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've kind of been saying that over about a lot of things. We've been saying yeah. that about the implementation of the shadow in this game. We've been saying that about a lot of different things where it's like they're touching on interesting concepts all about is there free will or not? Yeah. yeah. Is, is there such a thing as agency? I mean, there's a whole freaking deep rabbit hole you can go into there right. philosophically. Oh, that's a that's a difficult Which is one, fascinating, yeah. fascinating stuff. Yes. But it sort of just like touches those things and then just doesn't really... It's afraid to go too deep. Go yeah. deep into them. And that's been a little bit disappointing. For and me. what it is going deep into is this concept of theosis. But it's just not... It's just doing it in a weird way that isn't... Um, it's not an accurate representation, I wouldn't say. Of um, the concept of theosis, according yeah. to... Yeah, anyway. So at the end, uh, Barnabas... Kind of, so he says that he relinquished his will and he kind of regrets it, right? He kind of regrets having relinquished his will. Yes. Um, but then he dies. <laughs> yeah, because th uh, that's when Clive says, well, you didn't relinquish it. Oh, he oh, says here, you're right. You're perhaps right, you're there right. is strength in will. Would that I had not relinquished my own. Yes. You relinquished nothing. What was it, if not will, that made you strive for a new world, strive to win your master's approval? You were shown a fantasy and you chose to believe it. But you were wrong. There is no world but the one we live in, because he wants to go to this other uh, world. separate world. Yeah. yeah, and that world, that world, is worth saving, even if it means killing a god. Bold words coming from one who has served the Lord so well. <laughs> I know Clive's doing everything Ultima wants. Yeah, he, exactly. I don't think he knows yet. But yeah. Yeah. oh, this is pointless. He says, and then oh, I almost forgot. I promised to make you presentable. Denies where he grabs your foot, and then he gives or Clive's His blessing. Foot, yeah. He gives the the Odin to him, right? Yeah. So willingly, to give him the last power that he needs to return to Ultima. And Clive did um, not see that coming. I guess not. <laughs> uh, we shall fulfill our destinies just as the Lord's mother crystals have fulfilled theirs. Come, Clive's Rossfield, 
Take what's rightfully yours. Become one with God. No! At long last, salvation, he says as he's turning to stone. I'm coming home, mother. And he dies. And then we hear Ultima's voice. Tell me, how does it feel? Oh, show yourself, face me. It's coming from that statue. Yeah. How does it feel to consume your rival's strength, to gorge yourself on their being? He, we talked yeah. about last time, Odin had told him his purpose was to feed, right? Right, yeah. Um, to edge, step by trembling step, ever closer to the divine. With or without a will, you are still but a vessel, our vessel. Behold how your body shudders in anticipation of its fate. It's not yours yet. No? Come then, O wayward child, we shall await you upon the back of the first worm. There all shall end and begin again. So now well, we're going to have to go. That's how primogenesis. Primogenesis. End and uh, begin again. The eschaton. Odin's barrier falls at this point, and then the last scene really to talk about here is uh, we're back in Randala. Uncle Byron went to his his buddy U- Eugene or Eugen Havel. I'm not sure how that's supposed to be pronounced. I forget. Mm-hmm. And the, there's like a ton of a cash again. It's kind of a com- comedic scene a little bit because yeah. they're, they're like, <laughs> he's like running for his life from all these cash. <laughs> and then in the middle of them literally about to be killed by thousands of Akashic. Yeah. He starts asking him, hey, I need an army. <laughs> Can you That's send right. your best men with That's me to, right. to help my outlaw like, nephew? Uh, um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm a little busy. <laughs> no. And he like headbutts him. He like headbutts him in the face. Yeah. And is like, they have an interesting relationship. It's pretty funny. And, uh, or an interesting friendship, which isn't really a friendship. There's another um, pretty good uh, side quest. I don't know if you did this one. Where you, you, you find, what's his name? Um, Quentin from Lost Wing, the oh, guy yeah. who's like the head of that little town. You have him come to like arbitrate or mediate between the two oh, of them. Oh, really? They negotiate. No, I don't think I did that. And they're like fighting, and, and you're like, hey, we're <laughs> supposed to be friends here. Like, I love a friend. I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it, they develop that a little further in a side quest. But it's funny. It's a, it's a, it's a funny little dynamic they have between the yeah, two it's of really them where funny, yeah. they obviously need each other for business or for whatever, but they don't like, they, their personalities don't fit. Yeah. But they, so it's just kind of a funny dynamic there. Um, so they're arguing about this and then Dion comes to save the day you know, at the last moment as they're fighting off these Akashic. Uh, and then they have the scene we talked about a little earlier where Dion asks Terrence, Terrence to take care of the potions girl, make sure she has everything she yeah, needs. Yeah, he gives her like a bag of money. And yeah, like make sure she wants for nothing. Yeah. He's well, why don't you just do that? Like, why are you telling me? Yeah. And well, because I'm planning on gaining atonement for what I yes. did. And that means, I think what's implicit in the dialogue there or in the subtext. I may not be coming back. I'm not coming back, yeah, yeah. which is why Terrence sheds a tear He's upset, and, he, yeah. and, and, and crying about it. And this is the last time I'll ever see him. And he says, oh, he says know, a final farewell. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Terrence should have punched Dion in the face <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then explained to him that he doesn't have to do this. Alone. <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about. Why did, why did Joshua do that? But like Terrence would have, Terrence should have done it. He should have done it, but no, like take a page. Well, cause Terrence, he, he serves him. He's his yes. emperor, his prince, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's that whole element to it. But it, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a point well taken. I You're right. Yeah, that would be a difference. Because <laughs> brothers is one thing. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, you can punch your brother in the face. So you don't punch your 
emperor in the face, generally yeah, speaking, yeah, yeah. when you've sworn fealty. So is he technically the emperor now? I guess um, it's like a Clive well, situation where he's technically the Rosarian leader, but like he doesn't. There is be. no empire to rule. Ah, uh, yeah. Kind of a. Deal, I've wondered right? that too, but as this game goes on, I'm like, okay, there are no more governments anywhere. Are the people like, what's happening in these there's, villages? There's some good side quests again yeah. in uh, back in Northreach, um, where like the dame and one of the guys who was, I think, on that like high council, the cardinals, I think they're yeah, called. I don't right. know if he was one of them, but he was somebody yeah. high ranking in the empire who's like, I'm going to build a new empire. And then his daughter is all against his ways of doing that. And there's like this three-way struggle mm. kind of to like, how should we go about like building a new order and a new government? So they do yeah. have some, you know, scenes where they kind of show I people see trying that. to go about I this. I see that. I'm just wondering what the villages are doing in the meantime. Yeah. Right? Like it's is- a great question. Is the ones that aren't Akashic already. Or, right, of course, yeah. yeah. Or, or is it like people are getting along just fine without the government? <laughs> <laughs> Given the message, Clive's oh, message to Barnabas, I, I, I actually, could see it going that way too. I feel like there's if there's not a line from the game that says this, it was in something tangential that I was reading at the time that I felt worked or that helped explain the situation, which is in, in a situation like this, um, where the, the, the sort of like central government like no longer exists, yeah. you're going to have some like towns provincial, that'll yeah. band together and establish some sort of local order. Like yes. that will happen. Yes. Um, it They'll might handle be, it better than others. It might be a gang. Yeah, sure. It might, yeah, yeah. In but some cases it will. There will quickly, power vacuums get filled quickly yeah. by whoever is there and has some power. Yeah. Like they find a way. Yeah. It, it'll just be smaller, tribal, yeah. local sort of uh, uh, structures of power that yeah, will that replace sense, them. Yeah. And some of them will be pretty good and they'll right. they'll handle it better than others. And so I'm sure that's, you know, what's going on here. And that's kind of what in in um, Northreach, they're kind of trying to figure out and they're fighting about what yeah. that new structure should look like. Hmm. And, and should it be the dame or should it be you or should it be someone else that, you know, leads us? So they're, all of these towns are kind of going great through that. If like the brothel prostitute becomes <laughs> like the next empress, oh, it'd just be wonderful. They should have done that. Oh man. Um, anyway, so Dion is not planning on coming back. It seemed yeah, apparent yeah. to me based on Terence's response to him. Um, Barnabas, I took on some lines here. So we get back to Ace Isla or, or Clive does. Gav is there with the woman. Joshua has returned at this point. Mm. So he comes back. And he's talking to Gav. He pulls him aside because they're going to take her back to the hideaway, help her out. There's another side yeah. quest that kind of goes more into Gav and his responsibility he takes for caring for her. And yeah, it's actually like really cool. Yeah, yeah he it's did fun. that one. Yeah, and I, well, I, I especially like his. Like, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this. I think yeah. in the next episode. Um, but I do like his evolution, especially given that he was really reluctant at first. He did not like. <clears throat> he did not like that he was initially assigned to like watch over this pregnant girl. Right. But and then he get, he becomes he's slowly to, just yeah. like you know taking um, responsibility for what he's been given as being responsible for, and he does a good job at it. Yeah, I tough, love tough Ham says something funny here. That'd be yeah. great dig at Annabella if a prostitute became the empress. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I've always thought it'd be, about it'd be, her. It'd be a great result yeah. uh, um, some good revenge on her for sure oh yes <laughs> the impure the, the impure blood the gutter the gutter rose to the top but she's um, kind of that too so it's like a, an ironic dig at Annabella yeah 
Uh, no, but Clive says to Gav here, Barnabas said something else, that the Mother Crystals were Ultimas. We know that the Mother Crystals have been bleeding the land of Ether, and we know that it's this which hastens the... Well, maybe he's saying this to Joshua, actually, and I think about it. We know that it's this which hastens the spread of the blight, but what I cannot fathom is uh, what Ultima stands to gain from that. So he's still, mm. they still don't really know. I mean, it seems obvious to me. He gets the power when the crystals are destroyed, even like all that ether just goes to Ultima. It would be my guess. Right. Right. So it's like it sucks all the ether, then you destroy the mother crystals, and all that ether is released, and Ultima takes it mm. and becomes stronger. Or I don't know, maybe the vessel takes it. I don't know. That would be mm. my guess, though. Um, what did you learn from the stronghold? And, and Joshua says about Ultima's price, for so long I believed it to be you alone, yet it is not merely Ifrit that he desires, but Ifrit and Phoenix, both, that which we became yeah, yeah. over the skies of Twinside. Only when the twin flames have joined shall his vessel be complete. There you go. Quite why he needs a vessel is another question. Unless there's something he cannot achieve without one, something his immaterial form precludes. So I, I like that line because it gives me a little bit better idea of Ultima is not a material being. Right. He's an immaterial being. Yeah. And, and he had said something what? earlier about he, he he like embodies the concept of will or consciousness or something mm. like that, right? So he's this immaterial, just like will. Yeah. Uh, at the moment. That just won't go away. Yeah. It wills itself to remain. Um, yeah. It, he exists in that sense if he's immaterial he exists in the ether and when I say ether I'm not referring to the Final the, Fantasy yeah, sense ether. in the ether of the um, you know like the medieval sense I yeah. guess the immaterial which is, which is probably why it fits yeah. in this game as well and probably why they, they even chose that word and the way that, that it's spelled that way the A-E-T-H-E-R yeah that um, Ultima exists within the ether there's like a dual meaning there it's pretty good yeah um, something his immaterial form precludes something mm. requiring an unthinkable amount of ether, which was in the crystals, and yeah. a body resilient enough to channel it. Right, because Clive do, is not affected when he yes. when he dominates. No matter how much ether he encounters, it does not turn him to stone. No. So he has a body resilient enough to channel that much ether. That's right. If I did not know better, brother, I would think that he meant to cast a spell. A spell a thousand years in the making. Yeah. A spell to end all spells. Spell to end all spells. One Ultima, spell to rule them all. One spell to rule them all, which had always been, in yeah. Final Fantasy terms, Ultima. Ultima. Ultima oh, was that's a good point. the most powerful spell. The final thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And Ultima means the final. end. Final. End or final, yeah. yeah. Right. So a spell to end all spells, Ultima. And Perfect. he cannot do this without us, nor without the mother crystals. But if we destroy them all, Mike, why do you think this, Clive? We will stop not only the blight, but Ultima as well. And I, I just like, why do you think that? You, you've already destroyed most of them, yeah. and it has not done anything to nope, stop the not blight. not even a little. Not even slow it down. So why do you think that this is going to work? I don't know. I don't know how you're not questioning this at all. <laughs> anyway, that's probably the end of what we're going to cover today. Yep, yep. Because uh, then it's a, it's a full-on attack. Yeah, we're, he we're heading into Walud to destroy the final Mother Crystal, yep. encounter Ultima there. Didn't that, that gate came down, that, that yeah, magic the, the, energy the, gate? The, um, yeah, Odin's like, barrier thing. The, the yeah. Gungan forest field? Or <laughs> force field, sorry. Yes. The force field of the Gungans. Yes. It <laughs> yep, it, it, it is gone. So now they yeah. can proceed further, deeper into Walud, into the capital, and actually go into the Mother Crystal. So we'll pick up from there, and I think we'll be able oh, to finish on, the on. game next time. Hold on, Chocolate Rob. I can't believe you, man. You're, you're, you're genius. Is that elsewhere <laughs> online? Is that? Okay. 
So Ultima equals final, and yep. Mythos equals, equals fantasy. Yeah, Mythos. Ultima Mythos. The game should have been called Ultima Mythos. Ultima Mythos. <laughs> the Ultimate Mythos. The that, Ultima we should mythos make a game dude. called that. That, that that's an because we already have the last story. Which that's was right, a take last story. On Final Fantasy, same but thing. But one that need a game called the Ultima Mythos or just Ultima Mythos. Yeah, there'd be another <laughs> Final Fantasy. Oh, I love that clone. A uh, mix. That line is a little bit later, right? Yeah, that that line's later. Okay. Anyway, uh, we're gonna f- try to get to the end of the game next time. That's the goal. Yes. Um. So join us next time for what will probably be the final episode. And please um, send us, uh, this is something I've been kind of meaning to say. I, I meant to say it kind of at the beginning. Um, this is the last time we're going to do a podcast on a game that's brand new like this. Yeah, it, we just get too much wrong. There's too many questions yeah. in the air. Um, it's difficult for us to make a plan. We don't know yeah. where to play up to. Like, there's a lot of issues that kind of yes. come with a brand new game. I don't, and I also don't like doing this podcast format without somebody who has completed the game before. Yeah. So it's still possible, and we've done it before, where we'll play a game that we haven't played before, but I want at least somebody present who has. Yeah. From now on, moving forward. I did not like the way that this went, and I think it was missing that element of somebody who is in the know, sitting there, guiding the conversation. So we're not going to do that again. Yeah, we probably won't. Um, um, also, a lot of people, mm. one of the, I think the most common comment that we got um, on YouTube about, well, on this podcast series is, oh, I, I haven't played the game yet, but well, maybe yeah. later when I watch can later. afford a PS5, I'll play the game and then I'll watch the podcast. And it's like, yeah, uh, a lot of people um, just don't buy games the day they come out, it turns yeah. out. And uh, so we don't want to, um, you know, alienate anybody. We, we want to make sure that we're, yeah. Making our podcast as accessible as possible to as many people, which is why we typically do older games. Yeah. So moving forward, the podcast will not cover brand new games that have just come out. Yeah. It will only cover games somebody has played before and covered and, and can guide the conversation and, and knows it well. It can be um, a new game, provided that happens. It just yeah. can't be like day one, right? Yes. And we will cover day one type games in a different format. I yes. have a lot of yes, kind of yes. announcements and plans on... Um, new content that I'm working up that is not going to be the podcast. I know a lot of people are like, oh, this channel is just a podcast now. That day is coming to an end soon. (laughs) Mm. It will no longer just be the hero content. The primary content of the channel is the podcast. Yeah. Um, That is no longer going to be the case here pretty soon. So um, anyway, just want to let you know that uh, there will be other formats or other avenues through which we can play new stuff and talk about them without it being this format, which I don't yeah, think fits long, it long at form. all. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so what? all of that was basically to say, if there is something in this long process of discussing this game that you feel like we haven't touched on that you would like us to, um, some element of the game that, that you, you, you don't feel like we've sufficiently covered or something like that, please leave a comment. Mm. Or if you're a patron, particularly in this level here, send us a message on Discord. A message through Discord would probably be the best way to make sure we see it. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, or on Patreon or something like that. But uh, send us, please, in whatever avenue is open to you, hey, I don't feel like you've touched on this. Can you talk about this so that we can try to be as yeah. complete as possible? And some some people do that. We don't always um, see, see it, it. All, but we'll try. 
but we do try and I don't always remember it or take notes of it. Yeah. So anyway, send us that so that next time we can talk about those things in the finale and wrap this all up. We appreciate you watching and for sticking with us and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.